It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. I'm Adam Ritz, and today we're on the campus of Tulane. University in New Orleans, and we are broadcasting in front of this beautiful live studio audience. All right. Thank you so much for that round of applause. We are on campus today at Tulane to honor a student organization for their work that they do with cystic fibrosis. We bring on the show now Kobe. Hi, Kobe. How are you? Doing very well. Thank you. What is it that you uh, do? I heard uh, this philanthropy that you're part of, that you actually started this. This is impressive. I want to hear all about this. What is it? Uh, so my sister Emily has cystic fibrosis, which is a life-threatening progressive lung disease. Um, she has 35% lung function, and as I've gotten older, it's become clear to me that I need to do everything in my power to help her. So 15 months ago, I launched a video um, kind of just explaining my sister's daily challenges and all that she's done despite those challenges. She does three to four hours of treatment a day, takes over 30 pills, uh, and despite all that, she graduated from Penn with honors. She works full-time. She's getting a master's. So we launched this video, and within one week, we raised over $40,000. Um, and that's when I realized that we were kind of onto something big. So we brought it to Tulane. Um, last spring, we held a fundraiser. We sold tank tops. We ended up selling over 1,100 tank tops, which is a one in seven uh, Tulane students. So the tank top was a ticket to our party. We really tried to appeal to a college audience, and it was a huge success. We raised over $13,000. Um, so we're doing the same thing here this semester, <clears throat> and that, this concept, this model, has spread now to five other college campuses. Uh, it's really starting to take off. We've raised a half of a million dollars in 15 months now. Holy cow. Let's have a round of applause for that half a million. Holy cow. That is unbelievably impressive that you took it upon yourself to uh, get involved with like that, uh, get involved with this, and, and it's spreading. It's it's going national, so it's not just here at Tulane. It's uh, what are the other five campuses? Uh, we're on NYU. We're actually uh, involved in the Greek Week at Michigan, which could be another uh, twenty to twenty-five thousand dollars. Arizona and uh, Delaware. That's, that's yeah. fantastic. Well, I speak to a lot of college audiences, and I'd be happy to spread the message uh, coast to coast about Emily's entourage. Um, what are the digital properties? A Facebook page, maybe? Yeah, we're on Facebook. What we do is we sell the tank tops, and people take a picture of themselves uh, in an iconic location or in a goofy pose, throw it up on the page. We actually just got one from the Taj Mahal a couple of days ago. Cool. Uh, yeah, so it's been very cool. Well, let me tell you, too, that uh, as a spokesperson, you did a fantastic job, I mean, explaining this. You, you need to have your own radio show, and I need to be on your show. <laughs> Thank you very much. The last thing I just want to stress is that it's, <laughs> it's because of the support of like, college students, um, understanding what it's like being on a college campus, and we have this inherent power that we can come together and truly make a difference. Um, SAE held a powder puff for Emily's Entourage last spring. They're doing it again this spring. Um, so I really encourage you guys to get tank tops, come to the party. Just a huge party. Everyone sports their tank, looks good, feels good, and raises a whole ton of money. So, yeah. Well, that's fantastic. It's inspiring to hear about young people getting involved in their communities and getting involved uh, with community service projects and philanthropies. Again, it's Emily's Entourage for Cystic Fibrosis. Yes, Kobe, thank you so much uh, for your service and your work. Let's have a round of applause for everybody here at Tulane University.
Conversations and interviews from all over America. It's the Adam Ritz Show. And welcome back to the show. Our special guest is Martin George. Martin, hello and how are you? Hi. Good to meet you. (laughs) You are CEO of LTC. A lot of initials there. Tell us about LTC. Well, LTC started about 22 years ago, really helping foreign-born internationals who came here for business um, do their job well. So we taught them language and culture. Now we've really expanded translation, interpreting, cross-cultural training. So we're doing a lot of different things 22 years later. Well, I want to talk about your foundation work okay. uh, here in a minute, but um, as far as languages go, I, I've met you at several conferences, mm-hmm. and you work with so many athletes, professional athletes, cross cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a you, one of your stories I remember from one of the conferences was about Yao Ming. Yeah. Um, everybody remembers seven foot five inch Chinese mm-hmm. uh, basketball player comes to America, plays in Houston, doesn't speak a lick of English. You worked with him. Yeah, you know he came over and he was at uh, one of those FIFA World competitions, and Rudy Tomjanovich wanted to talk to him. They couldn't talk to each other, so Rudy said, can you interpret for me for a little bit? And all Rudy said to him is, run, 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 get in condition. But you know, if you can't really talk to the athletes, you know, you have a problem there. And so we've worked with a lot of Major League Baseball teams, the Giants, the Cardinals, won the World Series, and they really say we helped them because you have coaches and their teammates who cannot communicate with them, and they're trying to tell them, you know, here's what we're going to do. We're going to bunt, we're going to sacrifice, we're going to play small ball, get the person over there. And they don't get it. And so they really have to have us come in from, you know, spring training, single A, high A ball, all the way through, help their, you know, athletes really get it linguistically and culturally. Because, you know, if people don't like each other on the sports field, it doesn't work either. So you work with the San Francisco Giants. They win the World Series. I mean, do you see an instant... um a bump in your business with other teams like, oh, we got to work with this Martin George guy. He's got to help our guys learn how to speak English. He's got to help our coaches learn how to speak Spanish. You know, humbly, I would say, yeah. And, (laughs) you know, because at one time, didn't we have the Cardinals, Giants, then Cardinals? And so the only thing in common from the World Series winners were us. And, you know, it's the teams that get it. You know, they're investing time, money, and energy really into player development. And they're seeing, you know, yeah, we might say language is a soft skill, a soft study, but I think in business or in sports, if you cannot communicate effectively, how can you do your job? And so we're helping the, you know, the stud shortstop do his job out there. You know, he's got to communicate with everybody else on that team effectively. Well, we bring you on the show to talk about uh, education, academics, you know, languages. Um, Everybody listening to this English-speaking radio show speaks English. Uh, Some of our listeners are young, and they're uh, growing up, and they're getting involved in their studies. And um, I like to bring guys on the show that know a lot about a certain, I guess, uh, course of study. And, uh, you know, we mentioned uh, Spanish with baseball, and it's not just Spanish. I mean, Yao Ming, you speak Chinese. How many languages do you speak? Well, you know, in my PhD, they really exposed us to about 20 languages right now. You know, I probably... you know, can handle about six, seven on a good day. What, okay, so what, what's the eighth language you speak that isn't on that list? Well, you know, um, so you go you go in language clusters, like Slavic languages. So you go um, Polish, Russian. So you try to go language groups. Chinese, I have Chinese, Cantonese, um, Fukunese, Taiwanese, Japanese. Then So you try to get language groups, you know, Spanish, Romance, language. Everybody understands that. I think, again, what they don't understand is really you want a career in the MBA – NBA is building 
um, arenas in China. You work for the NBA. You speak some Chinese. What do you think your career looks like? I mean, so I would encourage anyone who's out there doing anything, really learn another language, learn something that really makes you more marketable to these companies or sports properties who want to hire you. I mean, you know, I meet these young guys. I was just down with the Toronto Blue Jays in um, Dunedin, Florida. And this young guy, he used to work um, for one of the Smith Barneys, something like that. Got a job with the Blue Jays. You know why? He speaks Spanish fluently. So he gets to go back and forth to the Dominican Republic. He gets to work with all their, you know, talent and athletes coming through. Loves his job. I mean, absolutely loves it because he speaks Spanish. The key reason, he knew baseball too, played baseball college, you know, had that background and really wanted to be in baseball. He did not like going to an office, sitting in a cubicle. Spanish opened the door for him. Now, I'm sure you work with all kinds of corporations, um, bus- global business, people coming to America that can't speak English. And um, but, but you know what? I just like to focus on the sports because I've got a little sure. bit of a sports background. We cover a lot of sports on this radio show. Um, you know, I can generalize baseball, um, the Latin American, Spanish speaking, um, hockey would probably be French. Um, yeah, can, right. can you really uh, Formula One racing? I mean, what what um, well, yeah, Portuguese, Germany, German, German? Yeah, you have those. You know, and really, you think about um, one of the things we forget, like the LPGA. So, 144 girls every week go out and play golf. 95 of them, English is not their first language. Koreans, number one. You know, yeah, and you think about the baseball players that we're getting now. We're seeing Japanese baseball players, Taiwanese baseball players, Korean baseball players. You still have about 32% of our Major League Baseball players speak Spanish as their first language. That's a big percentage. That's a huge percentage. Martin George is our guest, the CEO of LTC. Um, the company started as Language Training Center, mm-hmm. and it has grown into uh, LTC. What's the full name of the company, and how do we find well, it online? You know, we had to go to uh, LTC Language Solutions because offering written translation, oral interpreting, Language Training Center didn't really get it. You can find us at languagetrainingcenter.com. We kept okay. that. You know, we're get, coming out with a new website in about a month, so you'll be able to find us there. You know, Twitter, LinkedIn, you can find Martin George on LinkedIn, all of that. We're doing it. And you're a guy that uh, you mentioned you got your Ph.D., languages. You speak seven or eight fluently. And um, you grew that love of language into a, a, a corporation. You've got two national locations, headquarters. How many employees do you have? You know, um, do you want to tell me how many I put on payroll or how many Obama tells me I have? <laughs> <laughs> That's the new thing, isn't it? He tells me I have 88 full-time employees. I think kicking around here, we have about 45 in uh, Indianapolis and five full-time in Orlando right now. Is there a pecking order in your company um, as far as the people on staff that can only speak English? I mean, do you feel sorry for those people? You know, I do feel... <laughs> here's why I feel sorry, um, Adam, because every time I go with them, they'll say, how many languages do you speak? That's what you ask me. I, I know. And so everybody thinks you're working for a language company. So, you know, it is a disadvantage. And, and we let them study languages for free. So if they want to, they can certainly hop in with one of our instructors. Well, I know there's a thousand stories. We touched on Yao Ming. We touched on uh, World Series champion San Francisco Giants. Uh, top of your head, uh, another 
favorite story of yours from working with professional athletes? Well, you know, um, maybe I'll go racing. Vitor Mira, you know, Vitor um, really didn't have that. Uh, he, he never won an Indy Racing uh, League championship, but, you know, he came here and, and really needed sponsorship. And so we were able to work with him, get him to do interviews. And really the reason I point that out is because uh, sponsorships, everything in racing. And so really trying to find those sponsors. We were able to help him with interview skills just like this, be able to speak to sponsors and hang out. I mean, I think you got, you got to remember, even like LPGA girls, I mean, these girls need sponsors on their hats and bags. Mm-hmm. You go out there and you can't speak. You're from Korea and you're kind of shy and you can't get a sponsor. I mean, it really wrecks their career. So we work with about 50 LPGA girls, you know, we have in the past and, you know, we continue to help some of them. Beatrice Ricari just uh, called me the other day and said, I have two Japanese sponsors coming on with me because of my work with you over the last two years. I set the course. I wanted to have Japanese sponsors. I've been studying Japanese. Thank you. You know, that's, you know, we, we feel proud of that. That's very, that's something you should be proud of. That is very, very cool to hear. Uh, Martin George, our guest, CEO of LTC, and we want to move to your foundation work now, your company. Uh, we like to highlight a lot of the service work going on across the globe, and uh, what are some of the projects you guys do? Well, you know, I think uh, you probably read Conscious Capitalism. I mean, Conscious Capitalism really is what we're about. It's not about growing a big company, and it's not getting all you can, canning on you, all you get, sitting on your can. So we have a, a foundation called Cypress International. We do a lot with um, homelessness in Orlando and other markets around the country. We've partnered with a group, Devereaux. They're in 30 um, states around the country, and they help with, um, you know, disenfranchised, disabled kids, even human trafficking. And then we um, just uh, are building a habitat home. So we're partnering with organizations like that to sort of give back to the community. Does the the home you're building, uh, Habitat for Humanity, um, I don't know if this is a stupid question, but I'll ask it. Does your background as an expert in several languages feed into how the house is being built? No. Is there an intercom system that, that, that has several different radio stations from across the planet? You know, one of the things um, we have, a, one of the things you might not think about is we do a lot of sign language. So we did ask Habitat, is there some deaf family that, that could use a house? But, you know, what they really do is they have people in sort of a, a pecking order who've qualified. So we were happy to help whatever the next family was. And, you know, it was so great to have our team out there. We had, you know, the president, Hannah Perkey, was on the roof with my sales guy. Doug Price, and you know it's good to just be out there rolling up your sleeves. I got a little sunburn, you know, and and so, but you know, you want to give back. You don't want to just sit in your office and really do what you do all all the time. I mean, we're giving our staff a day off a week for the next six weeks to go out and build that house. So every Friday, um, a different group gets to go out and work on that house. That is awesome and inspirational, and it makes me want to get off my couch and help out, and hopefully our listeners hear these type of stories too and want to get involved in their community. Uh, I have to ask you about the sign language. Now, you brought up that. Right over my head, I think of a language expert that speaks seven languages. I didn't even think that you handle sign language as well. Tell us about that. Yeah, you know, um, 
we didn't start doing that, but probably eight to 10 years ago, we had a lot of our clients saying, you know, this is probably our toughest nut to crack. You know, there are federal mandates, state mandates. If you're doing something public, you have to, it's by law, you have to have a sign language interpreter there. And so what we really have um, done, Adam, is if we can't do it well, we're not going into it. So I had to do like hiring RID certified interpreters. We're hosting conferences. Um, we have people from all over the world coming in for a conference here in our center here. And, and so we just do things like that, you know, that, that really uh, give back to the community. And, and we're pretty proud of what we're doing with the sign language community. So you started with languages. You maybe didn't know or see the future with the sign language on board. You adapt. You get sign language on board. So that begs the question, what's the next step? in the evolution of LTC? Well, you know, it's funny. I was down, uh, took my two daughters to Disney last year and happened to be with Cincy, the plug-in, you know, air freshener thing. We were we had some sign language interpreters. They were in a booth. And I looked around the convention center in Orlando and I saw like Mary Kay and Tupperware and all these people. And I said, you know what? We need to be doing more conference interpreting. So last year we did maybe five conferences with five booths. Last week we had 20 booths in five locations around the country. We had Phoenix, Chicago, Orlando, um, somewhere on the East Coast, West Coast. So just in one week, we had 20 booths where we're having, you know, these are UN um, trained interpreters, highest level interpreters. They sit inside that glass booth and they're simultaneously interpreting what the conference is doing in English to everyone who doesn't speak English as their first language. We do sign language for um, President Obama. You know, we do the VFW convention. So we're really looking. We get to do, you know, artists like um, Johnny Cougar Mellencamp. You know, he uses sign language for us. We're, we're out in those kind of venues. So it's cool. We get to do a lot of things. But I think that conference interpreting is really the next wave of where we're going to see. We're trying to see, you know, how many salespeople do we really put on to help um, have people understand that LTC does this a lot now. Have you ever been asked to voice um, the soundtrack for Brad Pitt in a Chinese version of one of his movies? We do do movies and we do voiceovers, <laughs> but not Brad Pitt, but we've done a lot. You know, um, uh, John Mellencamp's ex-wife was in here studying uh, uh, Spanish or something, and she, and I knocked on the door, asked how's everything going. She said, just a minute, I'm on the phone with Penelope Cruz. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, excuse me. But, you know, I got personally to go to John Cena's house and teach him Chinese. Two years later, John Cena can do interviews in Chinese, one of the smartest men you'll ever meet, one of the most committed men. WWE, you know, you wouldn't think when you see these big burly guys who practice all day long, all day long, he studies two or three days a week, two to three hours a day, and he's nailed Chinese. I mean, it is amazing to see what some of these athletes can do when they set their mind to it. That's amazing, the amount of corners of the world that you're touching it's, it's from, from a business you started. Um, Martin George is our guest. It's been fantastic talking to you. Uh, i got to ask you about um, just some of the fun reactions you receive when you are in a public setting and you break out some Chinese or you break out uh, some exotic language. Because i got to tell our listeners, you're, you're not the most ethnic-looking guy in the world. You are as Caucasian as Caucasian can be, blue eyes, bald head. You're a white dude, and yeah. you break out some... 
I mean perfect Chinese. Uh, what are some of the reactions? Well, you know, it's really hard because um, you'll be in an in, uh, in an area and people will say, "Hey, look at that fat bald white guy over there," and I'm like, "Ni hao, ni zemiang, wo kui ting de dong, ni shua So they're like, "Oh my gosh!" You know, they're just you know they've been caught sort of with the proverbial pants down, and it is interesting because you know we're living in a society now, as we know, whether we're in Seattle or New York, there's a lot of people who around us who speak other languages. So I think, you know, caution to your listeners, you might want to consider before you're making comments in other languages. You don't know who really knows what you're saying. Yeah. It's, it's a global society. It is. And it um, is. did you see this when you were studying your first language in, I, what, seventh grade? Were you yeah. like, this is what I'm going to do? Yeah, I'd love to say I did. You know, I sort of, don't we all stumble into things? I'm yeah. 53 years old. I have no idea. I want to learn to run a business someday. I keep joking with the um, MBA of uh, Kelly School of Business that I'm going to learn how to run a business someday. And, you know, <laughs> no, I don't know what I'm doing. I come to work every day. The one thing I do is I come to work every day. I listen to my staff. I see what What's going on in the world, and then we try to position ourselves to, you know, make hay. It's pretty amazing. Martin George, our guest, LTC, you're the CEO, the founder, the owner, the president, you're the head honcho, uh, eight languages, working with professional athletes, corporate entities across the planet, um, bring, make, really making the world a smaller place. Your service work with Habitat for, your, for Humanity and, um, and, and your foundation work, is that all on your website as well? You know, I would like to say yes, but I think on our new website it will be for okay. sure. Yeah. So it's, it's LTC, and the website currently is languagetrainingcenter.com. Right. Martin, pleasure having yeah, you on, you. and you. Um, I'm a Florida guy. I get down to Orlando a lot. I'd love to have you on the show uh, as a recurring guest We're to right talk about the Florida Mall. Come and see us. Okay, you, you've touched so many areas that we cover that I'd love to have you on in a couple months. Yeah, thanks. Great. Look Martin George, our guest. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, I'm Les Miles. I'm the head coach at LSU. Uh, You're listening to the Adam Ritz Show. I'm Adam Ritz, and we can't thank you enough for joining us on this broadcast. The Adam Ritz Show continues in New Jersey. I'm on the campus of Monmouth University, and we are joined by head football coach Kevin Callahan. Hi, Kevin. How are you? Good, Adam. Fantastic to, to be in this beautiful part of the country, and we are here to talk about leadership and as a head football coach with college football players uh you can't play college football without being a leader um your unique perspective on leadership uh and how i guess it affects uh every day in your life across your desk and uh, even at home and and with your family uh, what is your take on the term leadership well you know we we spend a lot of time talking with our players about leadership and what it takes to be a good leader as a matter of fact, we have an entire process for selecting captains and team leaders. It's really about a four-month process that the individuals have to go through. And what we're trying to, to get out of that is we're trying to to not only uh, find the people that are going to be out in front of our team, but we're also trying to educate them on the on the ingredients of good leadership. And, you know, it all starts with trust, responsibility, accountability. And I try to go to great lengths to explain to our guys exactly what those terms mean. And we spend an awful lot of time talking to our team about teammates taking care of teammates. And in my mind, everyone on our team is a leader. They're a leader within their position. They're a leader on their side of the ball. They're a leader of their weightlifting group. And and leaders have to put themselves, they have to have courage. They have to have great character. They have to put themselves front and center because they're the guys that, that, that people are going to look to. And when people look at you, is what I tell our guys, when people look at you, what are they going to see? 
Are they seeing the type of person uh, that, that's going to be unselfish? Are they see, seeing the type of person that's going to do what's right and make good decisions even when no one else is around and no one else is watching? Are they the type of person that's going to have courage in, in adverse situations? Are they the type of person that, that's going to make those around them want to make good decisions? And, and these are the tri- type of things that I try to instill in every member of our team. So I'm pretty fired up right now. I mean, that was a, a motive. That was a little mini pregame motivational speech. I'm ready to play for you, coach. Uh, do your leaders, does that, I guess, energy and motivation that we just experienced out of your mouth, do the, does the, do the leaders on your team absorb that from you and, and uh, I guess, readmit that to the younger guys, the, the, the freshmen on the team? Well, I, I certainly hope so because, you know, in, in college athletics and in, in college coaching in particular is all about educating. It's all about developing the person, developing the young man. And when a young man comes into our program, I want him to be a better person when he leaves after four or five years. And I want to have helped him get to that destination that he has in mind for himself. He may not know what shape it's going to take. He may not know all the details about it, but he knows when he enters our program, he wants to be someplace four or five years down the line. And we're going to help him get there. And part of helping him get there is helping him to develop his own personality and and develop who he is. And we're going to try to touch all the, the buttons and make sure that he's doing that. We're on the campus of Monmouth University. It's head coach Kevin Callahan with the football team, and I'm going to put you on the spot here. We're talking leadership, uh, and you were telling me earlier you've been here 20-plus years? 21 years, yes. 21 years. Okay. Let's have a case study um, under the category leadership of a guy maybe 10 years ago on your team, incredible leader. You knew he was going to do great things. Now 10 years later, he's 32 years old or so. What is he doing? Give us an example. He doesn't even know you're going to talk about it right now. He's going to be on the radio right now. He doesn't even know it. I'm putting you on the spot. Who is he? He's Joe Senepal. Uh, That's a name that comes very easily for me. Uh, Joe was not only a terrific player here, he was a three-time team captain. And he wasn't a team captain because his teammates just elected him. He He was a team captain because he was the epitome of a college student athlete. He was as tough as they come on the football field. As I mentioned, he was a two-time All-American. He was a good student, but he was there for every member of our team. If there was trouble brewing or he sensed that trouble was brewing, you know, he would go, he would get involved and make sure that, that things worked out right. If there, we had an issue with that team, I would talk to him. I would say, Joe, he says, coach, don't worry about it. I have it. Uh, today he's uh, in the, in the medical industry. He's working for in, in an area of spinal surgery, um, and uh, he, he's just an outstanding young man. He's not a young man anymore. He's an outstanding man. And you're, there's no surprise on, from your end that he's doing so well. Not at all. I I, I think I could tell that day one. All right, and it's, and it's Joe Sinatol. Sent Paul. Okay, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna look him up and try to find him on Twitter and, and say, Hey, you're on the radio, man. Look look him <laughs> up. Uh, he, he's a great young man. Great man. Coach Kevin Callahan, Monmouth University, you also have a a unique perspective on uh, another social topic that we like to talk about on this radio show, and that is cancer. Uh, You are a cancer survivor. I am. Uh, Thirteen years ago, I was diagnosed with uh, colorectal cancer. Uh, It was something that came completely out of the blue for me. Um, It was a... uh, just a, a by chance physical where I, I said, you know, well, I should probably get checked. And uh, unfortunately, I got some very bad news after that. I went for a colonoscopy and the doctor basically told me right after the end of the colonoscopy that I had a, a malignant tumor. 
I uh, went through a series of chemotherapy, radiation. Uh, then I had a, a resection, a sur- surgery resection, resection surgery, I guess it's called. And then followed that up with about seven months more of chemotherapy. And, uh, you know, I, I have a special place in my heart, um, you know, for anybody who's suffering from cancer or has a family member suffering from cancer. But fortunately, you know, I, I had the best coaching staff, the best teammates working with me that anybody could ever find. And, and the, the the medical professionals that deal in cancer, and not only the surgeon, but the nurses in particular, um, they are the real pros. I mean, they know what they're doing. And I was fortunate to be close to New York City and uh, was treated up there in, at uh, Memorial Sloan Kettering Hospital and uh, had never been around such a more professional group. And uh, I owe my life to those people. And as a cancer survivor now, in addition to being a head coach, there's a platform here, head coach in college football. There's a lot of people that look look toward you. And you, when you speak, you're, you talk, people listen. So you, uh, you're a keynote speaker at a lot of cancer awareness events and stuff like that. I, I try to get out and talk as, as much as I can. I, I probably don't do it as much as I should. Um, but it, but there's a couple of functions that I attend every year uh, locally here in Monmouth County. We have the uh, uh, Lombardi Awards Dinner, which is sponsored by the Rotary Clubs, but all the proceeds go to the American Cancer Society, and they go to help families. Uh, the, the funds go to help families in this local area who have a, a family member that's uh, uh, suffering from cancer and maybe needs assistance with treatment. Uh, so I'm very glad to help out and do what I can. So the message here is, Get checked and get checked early. I mean, you, your life was saved because you they found the tumor and the cancer through just a physical that you took. If Had you not gone, gone to the doctor that day, who knows? That That's absolutely true. And, uh, you know, I immediately told everyone in my family, I'm from a large family, 11 children, seven brothers, and I told all of my brothers and sisters to uh, get checked immediately. I tell my assistant coaches now, you know, don't wait till you're 50. Don't wait till you're 55. Do it now and get out, get, get ahead in this game. All right. Well, Great messages and inspiration from Kevin Callahan, the head coach at Monmouth University. We can't thank you enough for your hospitality. This is a beautiful university, and we wish you the best of uh, luck through uh, through the season and the rest of your career. Adam, thank you so much. We've, we've really enjoyed having you with us, and I appreciate your time here on the show. Thanks again, Coach Callahan. I'd like to also thank our guests, Martin George from Learning Training Centers and Language Solutions, LTC. More information at Language Training Centers. Center.com. And I'd also like to thank our live audience at Tulane University in New Orleans as we started the show today and covered cystic fibrosis awareness from Tulane. Don't forget to check out the initiative Emily's Entourage. More information at emilysentourage.org. Thanks for listening. As always, check us out on Twitter at Adam Ritz. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.